Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, you're also my partners in live show radio, live show in Indianapolis coming up in about a month, boys. Uh, we're going to be trekking up to Indianapolis, uh, getting together at Soma Church and Day Spa to do a series of live episodes. And Piper, we have, I understand we have a VIP ticket available for that. And there's a little bit of a deadline on it. Talk, talk to me about that. There, there is, in fact, a little bit of a deadline on that. Yes. So the show is uh, September 24th. That's a Sunday. The deadline for the VIP tickets, which is our top tier ticket, that's the one that comes with the custom T-shirt from our very own Josh Byers. Uh, that deadline is September 5th. So at the time of this release, that should be, assuming we get everything lined up, tomorrow. So Tuesday, September 5th is the deadline for the VIP tickets. Standard tickets will remain available up until the time of the show. Those don't come with the awesome t-shirt though. So uh, if you're planning to be there, you've been weighing it, you're not sure. Uh, we have gotten a sneak peek at the t-shirt concept. Beauty. Can, can confirm it is awesome. Josh has once again pulled magic out of his hat. And uh, so yeah, September 5th, get your VIP tickets. And then if you're still weighing after that, tickets will still be available, just not the awesome ones with the custom t-shirt, et cetera. Well, and I think it's important to mention, we always go really nice on the t-shirts. They're soft. They're the kind of t-shirts you want to actually wear. None of this like, you know, paper consistency t-shirt that you get at like a 5K or like a school event or whatever. These are, these are really, really nice. Um, you want to you wanna work them right into your rotation, that kind of t-shirt. Uh, so it's going to be well worth uh, the cost of that VIP ticket. Boys, I like we, the way you phrase that, baby. Work it into your rotation. Work it in. Yeah, just work, work it, it in. into your fashion rotation. That's I right. Like that, just put it in the starting lineup. You know, make it a starter from day one. Uh, you, you won't regret it. That's a good choice. Uh, boys, we have other good choices to make because we have an exceptional topic today. Um, things that have gone away that we miss. Uh, that, that don't exist anymore. We're going to wax philosophical about that and other things right after this quick break. But look around you, your family, your faith. They're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, boys, we're back. We paid some bills <laughs> or, or something. Um, here, here's the conversation that I want to have today. Uh, I want us to talk about things that don't exist anymore. Um, 
that we like, things that we like that just don't exist anymore. I've got some ideas in some different categories. I'm sure you guys have ideas. Baby, this was your idea um, topically. What, mm-hmm. what were you thinking about when you proposed this? Well, you know, so occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean almost never, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I think about, you know, the pod, I think about it coming to an end. Mm. And I think about, you know, I've heard from some people saying, man, it was a great run. The mm-hmm. pod has meant so much to me. And they're already sort of waxing a little nostalgic about it, even mm-hmm. though we're still, you know, in motion with it. Yeah. And so it kind of got me thinking about, you know, uh, from my perspective, things that I've enjoyed that, you know, whatever, on any level, any, yeah. any item, any event, any, uh, you know, any cultural thing that, that used to be there that is not there anymore. And again, it's like endless, right? Because like things move on and, um, you know, we move on from, you know, different events in life, different technologies change things. So we do things differently. And so, um, there's probably bigger things in our lives that we look back on and go, man, I wish that was still there. I wish, I wish this band was still together. I wish, I wish these dudes were still doing this podcast, um, because it forms our memories. And, um, so Thinking about some people that are going to feel that way about this pod, which is probably hard to believe, but they are. Um, Yeah, it just got me thinking. Like, let's let's chat about that. Now, of course, I always kick myself in the foot because I'm. It's the worst place in the world for me to start remembering and thinking about things like that. So I'm going to need you guys to lead out on this. Yeah, I have a couple. Um, I'll I'll just start with these two and see if it takes us anywhere dialogue-wise. And I wasn't so much thinking like you know, shows or bands or anything like that. But it's, but it's fine that you were thinking along those lines and I'll, I'll want to hear stuff like that. But for me, I had to, I miss analog cars, like cars. I miss buying a car that isn't just a computer with like four wheels and a seat. You know what I mean? Um, I, I miss and, having and the all kind the of, mechanics we know said, amen. Well, yeah. And I, I miss, I guess, being able to open the hood and like recognize what's in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and I, Baby, lo- do you work on your cars? Are you like, a, are you a mechanic? No, I'm, I'm, I'm really not, but I like, like an old school carbureted kind of, kind of old school engine. I could, I could look at it and sort of see what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but yeah. I feel the, the motor's now like even the engine compartments you just look in there and it's like ah you know (laughs) yeah you have no hope yeah this isn't for me i have no hope you know this is this is beyond the pale so i i I guess and i miss like the gauges and like the dashboards of old cars where everything was just really kind of straightforward and you weren't like sort of operating an ipad on the dashboard you were just kind of like pressing a button um i think that's a nice thing and i've actually this is a longer story that I that I will keep short. But I've I've had a guy offer me a 1975 Volvo Ambassador uh, wow. that that needs some work, dude. But it is a beauty. It's a beaut, and I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna make. I'm it. gonna look that up right now. I don't know what the Volvo and yeah, look it up, dude. It's it's real kind of in in true Volvo fashion. It's sort of boxy, but in a nice way. Um, probably probably it, weighs about eight thousand pounds. Just yeah. totally steel frame, the safest car ever. So this this was a car that Volvo was trying to position as like, I don't know if you were like the president of a country, you would like sort of drive it into town or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it would. Dude, like, it looks totally president of a country in nineteen seventy five. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, but but compared to a now car, it would it would be, you know, barely it would 
you know, uh, it offers basically nothing. But that's what I like. Maybe is it the uh, is it the hatchback? They have a hatchback too. Which, it, which version? It's is not it? the hatch. The one the the one that I'm getting isn't the hatch. It's more of a got standard it. like sedan style. But uh, got it, got it. Super fired up about it. Um, yeah. Super old timey and simple. And uh, I, I missed that kind of car. I think the other thing that I miss is kind of pre-internet school. So like being yeah. a kid in school before the internet. Um, and Pipe, you and I were talking off the air about the 94 emails that we get from teachers every week that, that I'm sure is just an exercise in like them, you know, covering their backside and not getting in trouble. So I get it. Um, but yeah, my, my kid, my youngest has two more years of high school left. And I'm I'm really counting the days uh, into, until that's over because it's super. Uh, how, how long until in your job you are required to send, you know, seven emails a week to your students' parents? I know at I, the college I, level, dude. I've been thinking about that, and for now we're saving off like, or we're we're staving off sort of servicing the parents, but that's coming. I mean, especially with the the demographic that we cater to, it, it won't be long. Um, before we're, you know, we're having zooms with parents and, uh, the thought of that makes me want to jump off a building, but, uh, you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, pipe, what are some, what are some things that, that you used to like that are gone now? Man, I, the thing that came to mind was news stories when news was new, like breaking news. Mm. I miss breaking news. Mm. Um, because you know, for example, the, I mean, I think back to remembering where I was when I heard, oh, you know, right. the verdict of the OJ trial or yeah. that kind of thing. And, and nothing is breaking anymore. It just feels like the constant barrage is sort of breaking us. Yeah. Uh, and so, or, or even in, in a, on a very small scale, like I remember in college, <laughs> Sleeping in on Saturdays, waking up and going and tuning into like Sports Center or whatever the highlight show was to catch the previous day's sports scores and yeah. stuff like that. And transactions. Yeah. And yeah, the ticker at the bottom, you'd be like, whoa, somebody got traded. And like yeah, now yeah. it's just, you know, Sham Sharania in my pocket telling me that that somebody has been traded yeah. six minutes before they've been traded. And uh, and I know before they know, yeah. and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I think I miss, which probably means just missing anticipation. Mm. Yes. The that yeah. you sort of you you live your life with the general anticipation that something could happen, and I'll find about find out about it on the six o'clock news or Sports Center tomorrow, or when they break into you know if it's big enough, they break into a show and be like, all right, we've got breaking news. Yeah. So you know, pardon the interruption, kind of thing. And uh, that I miss breaking news and, and all of the anticipation because the other thing about that was that it was then shared news, right? You know, everybody experienced, you know, if you were a fan of something, yet you, you, you all experienced it at the same time. And so then it becomes sort of a, a common conversation. Yeah. That's a great one pipe. That's really huge. Like the, the idea of the shared experience, the monoculture, like getting stuff at the same time, is completely gone. I see it manifest in my students, but that's just because I have this sample size that's in front of me every day. And, and you know, their generation lacks that. And I, I don't even know that they know enough about it to miss it per se, but, um, but it's definitely changed college. 
I had a news related one too. And then baby, we're, we're going to assume that you thought of some, my sure. news, my news related one was I missed the idea of going to get the papers. So like I was watching, a mo- <laughs> yes, I was watching a movie last night where like, there were some old people in it and their, their son was like about our age and they wanted to get him out of the house. And the mom like shoved a, a few dollars into his, his hand and was like, just go, just go get the papers, you know? And I'm like, ah, oh, like going somewhere to get the papers. That sounds delightful, you know? And, and, <laughs> and you know, you, you go to some newsstand, there's no newsstands anymore. Like I miss, I miss you guys. I miss newsstands in cities. Remember oh, this? Dude. Remember when yeah. you used to go to a city, you'd go to like Chicago or like, you know, Indianapolis or some city. Yeah. And you're walking around and there's like a newsstand and you get, they to still just... got them in the cities. You can still find them, man. Dudes, dudes are still doing that. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Dude. Oh, that's, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's hope. I was just in Chicago and you'll like walk into like the old school, like dude on the corner selling like 690 different magazines and newspapers. And yeah. you're like, oh man, I feel like I'm in heaven right now. I know, you know? dude, that's a nice time. And yeah, just, but it's just, rare. It's yeah, rare. It's, it's, it's rare. And just the idea of like going to get the, the paper and having the paper matter, you know, and and to your point, Pipe, you're discovering things and, you know, you're reading box scores, seeing transactions. That was just like a fun deal, especially if you were in a city that had a good paper. So like, you know, Chicago, the papers were massive back in the day, like the Trib and the Sun Times. And it was just kind of awesome to experience that uh mm. what about for you baby you got a couple you know I, it's it's really on the tip that you guys are on which i think and then and then i want to wax a little philosophy you know f- philosophical about yeah. that which yeah. is like all of all of our uh all of our all of our tips here are on the on the kind of the no technology tip getting a little more analog yeah and i just i th- i think about that and then you know so let me just let me qualify what will automatically like you know, get tweeted at us after something like this, which uh-huh. is like, well, just, you know what I mean? Just throw away your cell phones and just back away from it. It's like, well, none of us have the ability to do that. Right. I mean, we can do it in certain ways, but like, mm-hmm. you can't, we're not living in a world that. All of us would have to throw away our cell phones to regain any of the things we're talking about. Look, if I throw away my cell phone, that's fine. But also I then have no connection to anything, not I haven't regained anything at that point. Well, that's my point is that we all, we all are living in a world and work jobs to where we literally can't do that. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. we, we would deem ourselves like we would not be useful to the people that communicate with us a certain way. And, you know, we just can't, we don't have the luxury of that anymore. Right. Because yeah. of giving just who we are, what we do. So one of the things that I always think about is um, just this idea. Like when I think about like life as like a, a person in his early twenties or late teens, I think about like all like the in between times when you're with people and then you're not with people. Mm. And there were all these beautiful, like natural breaks where it's like, dude, I can't even contact you. Like we're going to make a plan to see each other or to hang out, or I will see you there later, but there's no contact like in between any of that. And I'm fascinated because like what I'm always trying to do is remember what that was like. And I'm clue. I literally can't remember. Like I can't remember what it was like. Like when I was like, like dating Melissa, there were no cell phones. I was dropping her off at her house at the end of the day. And the only thing we could do is say is like, well, I'll, like, I'll call you tomorrow at mm. some point. Yes. But there was like, but there's like, but there was like 24 hours went by where there was, you know, there was zero contact. Well, but that's you- really important though, baby. And it, and it speaks to Pipe's great point about the anticipation was part of the fun of that. 
You know what I mean? So like, so you would get home and yeah, this is really good. You would get home from that date and you'd spend some time like reflecting on how great it was. Yeah. And then, and then you would spend some time like looking forward to tomorrow's call. And that was a part of the fun of dating. But now I I can only imagine, I mean, it's been 27 years since I've dated anybody, but I can only imagine like, uh, you know, you, you have the option to, I don't know, like Snapchat her immediately after the date, right? So you, you've lost oh, dude, your, on your way home, on, on your, your way, way home, home. You're already yeah. saying, yo, yo, what up? You know, it's like, right. Yeah. So it's been, it has been like, just that is lost forever. And yes. that is just the reality of it. Um, I think the, the other thing is more tangible for me. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is um, there, I mean, I, and this, these still exist. Mm-hmm. Record stores still exist. Yeah. But for me, being a child of the 80s, um, you know, so I, it was a mix between, you know, you have your hipster downtown mm-hmm. record stores, mm-hmm. but then you also had like the big like box chain record stores. Yeah, right. And what those were good for was when, when a band was dropping a new album, you know, that would be, you'd be standing there, you'd be waiting for the store to open mm-hmm. and you could grab the cassette, the disc, yep. you know, whatever, whatever the, the format was. And Dude, I, that would always happen, I think, on a Tuesday. And I just, I miss that so much because that was just so much fun. Because yes. I like product. I like things. Yes. yes. Um, so, you know, an album comes out and here it is. It's popping up on your, you know, your Amazon Prime. And it's like, it's fine. You know, I mean, you still get to hear it no matter what. But there was something about the process, driving Dude, yes. to the store, waiting, buying it, maybe buying a couple different formats of it. And it just increased the, again, back to your word, uh, Big T, is like it increased the anticipation of it. Right. Because you were like, you were, you were, you were investing, man. You were spending money. Yes. And I liked it. Yeah. I liked spending money on that stuff. I didn't Dude, have you were investing. You were, yeah, no, this is magical. You were taking a little bit of a gamble, you know, like I heard one of the tracks on the radio, but I. You heard I'm, the one single, but you had yeah. no idea what the rest of the album was going to sound like. It was right. going to deliver the goods or not. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to like the other nine tracks, you know, and, and. To Pipe's point about, you know, the monoculture, you know, you're waiting in line with other people. And totally, totally. You, you get the tape, everybody's like pulling the plastic off kind of at the same time. And you're, you're exploring yeah. the liner notes. And, you know, you're, I, I remember very clearly, like, it was like a 25, 30 minute drive from like my house to the nearest mall. And mm. I remember like that 30 minute drive, driving home with a buddy, like, exploring that album and deciding if we liked it or not, you know, and, and like yeah, kind of talking 100%. about it and kind of being like, well, I like this. I like this track, but not this one. And man, was that fun, you know? Yeah. And while you're waiting for it, you're, you're like looking forward to how fun it's going to be. And you can and, apply that to a, you know, you can apply that to a hundred different things, you know, sure. like people that, I mean, I talked to somebody recently that was like, I mean, man, I just loved going to like family video and getting the VHS, you know, the new movie yeah. that finally dropped. And so it, yeah. like it applies in all these different ways too. You know? Yeah. Again, though, you're, you're, you're talking about to some degree, the joy of being with people, but also the joy of product, you know? And yeah. when you, when you went to family video, it smelled like family video. I mean, it smelled right. like this, this combination of like videotape, plastic, candy popcorn like there was a sensory uh vague employee bo yeah right but there, exactly there there was a sensory element to it where it was movie theater light is yes what it was. you were you were experiencing a thing you know yeah. and then you gave somebody some money and you left with a thing 
You know, they, they, there was something in your hand and uh, you're going to drive home. You're going to throw it into the into the VHS and like it or not. Like yeah. It. Yeah. It's the uh, it's really the um, it's kind of the it's the philosophy behind product, you know, and yes. it's like, yeah, it's something that I think the newer generation is starting to catch, you know, in terms of like, that's why vinyls made such a huge comeback. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about music, obviously, mm-hmm. but like people like to buy things because it, it puts a particular kind of worth on yeah. things if it's if it's yeah. uh, if it's turned into a product you know and yeah and so yeah i so again we're all old enough to have come from an analog era yeah and um and again whatever you want to apply to it doesn't matter you know what i mean but it's just the fun of like getting a thing yes um that you enjoy and that you have to wait for and anticipate and then get to share with other people who yeah. you know who who also are into the same thing that you are man it's just it is a particular kind of magic that I think it is. has been largely lost. You know, it might be lost for us anyway when you get to a certain age. I mean, obviously, it's just different, right? It's but different. I it's think, different. you know, yeah. so I'm glad we got to experience it in the era that we did. Too. I think Same. I think the yeah. magic gets lost, but not the comfort. Like, think about the old guy who has the rhythm of, like, coffee and newspaper. Oh. You know, the the newspaper gets thrown up on his porch and he gets to go yell at the kid who threw it in the bushes. And like, there's just like, there's a whole rhythm of, of, of old people-ness that we will not get to experience because we pick up our phones from our nightstand and scroll the news and our, you know, and have it it, like, that's lame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whereas like coffee, kitchen table, newspaper, head out the door for work. We don't even have to head out the door for work sometimes. Like I'm going to work from home today. So there's like, and, and again, I, I am not profoundly nostalgic in the sense of the, the history was always better, but I definitively think things have been lost because every single thing that you guys are talking about, the best aspect of it was what it led to with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, the family yeah, video yeah. thing, like you were an utter weirdo. If you went to family video, rented movies, went home and watched them by yourself repeatedly, you know, <laughs> whereas like you go with friends and you stroll around and you spend 15 minutes arguing over whether we get this movie or that movie. Yeah. And, uh, and then you go back and watch it at someone's house or the album release. Like we used to listen to music with people, like an album would drop day. Hey, have you heard the new, like, yeah, I remember yeah. when, uh, Dr. Dre's 2001 dropped. Mm sitting and listening to the whole thing with friends, you know? And, and when was the last time any of us sat down with friends and listened to an album for whatever that is like 42 minutes or 38 minutes or whatever it is. The youth, the youth might have brought that back in some, some pockets. I don't know, to be honest. It's possible. The the thing is like album releases, unless your name is Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. don't matter. Yeah. Music release does song release does, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, it it's just sort of a constant drip rather yeah. than like desert 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 oasis which is what it felt like when stuff dropped which was we haven't had anything new for three years from the, i mean dr dre's case it was like whatever 11 years yeah, and yeah. then you know nothing since and so there's this there's a, again was, there's anticipation yeah it was like the chronic and then that one right yeah, yeah. That's, a, that, that, that's it and then there's you know rumors since which i don't think he's ever gonna yeah. release anything but um so that but but the people aspect of it is is what is what made all of those experiences so pronounced with the yeah. exception of maybe like the newspaper but yeah but that still feeds into the anticipation and the shared news story and like you know you get to the office and you're like hey do you read you read the article by whatever your favorite local columnist is because sure. one of the yeah. ones that came to mind when we were when you were talking about newspapers was have we lost uh local legends Oh yeah. Mm. 
Oh, you know, the, so I'm thinking, you know, you mentioned like Chicago papers and stuff like that. So local news columnists. So the guy who can walk into like whatever janky bar in town and everybody (laughs) knows, oh, that's news opinion columnist, you know, Steve. Yeah. Or the local, the local like quirky guy who's always writing letters to the editor or at, uh, at the Metronome. Uh, where, the, where you know, a few blocks from where I grew up, where the Twins and the Vikings played, there was a guy named Wally the Beer Man. He was uh, he was a beer salesman, uh, you know, like the the guys who go up and down the the aisles, and yeah. had this big like stentorian booming voice, <laughs> and he had he he would hand out baseball cards of himself to that's kids, incredible. like Wally the Beer Man cards. I think I probably <laughs> still have one somewhere. Oh, that's interesting. And oh. uh, and so like, have we lost local legends? I, I think we, I kind of think we have, probably, we, we, probably. We, we now have viral video legends when yeah. by legend, I mean, they last eight minutes and then we forget they existed. Well, yeah. But, legend doesn't have anything to do with geography anymore to your point. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think the energy is kind of similar though. Like what, what Wally the beer man wanted was for people to acknowledge him. You know what I mean? Like in a sense, he wanted, he wanted to belong. He wanted you know, some bit of permanence beyond just, I sell beer at the Metrodome. You know what I mean? It was, it was like, yeah. So like getting a, getting a baseball card of yourself printed was this ultimate kind of analog exercise in trying to get a bit of permanence. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Wally, the beer man wasn't putting out a record or like publishing books, but it's, it's like, Hey, here's this baseball card. This is proof that like, I existed. You're going to, you're going to find this in your junk drawer in 20 years next to the the program with the picture of like Jake Reed on the cover, you know, and, and it's going to be, it's going to remind you of me. And I, I actually think that's kind of great. Um, boys, let's take a break. This is a great topic. And on the other side of it, I want to ask you some questions about this energy, but on the production side, we'll be back in two and two. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, boys, we're back. Um, so this energy of uh, real things, this this kind of philosophy of product, as you put it, baby, um, we've been talking about it kind of on the consumer side. 
And we've been talking about how, you know, for a lot of us, getting these products, it reminds us of sensory memories, whether it's coffee, newspaper, cigarette with grandpa in the morning, like very sensory. You can, you can smell it, um, you know, or like standing in line to buy a new tape or whatever. Uh, I'm curious about this from the production side. So you... You make music, baby. We we all do books, um, and I, and I think we all sort of have gotten joy in the past from buying books and browsing bookstores and acquiring books and having libraries in our houses and and that whole thing. Um, has the internet age changed some of the joy for you guys on the production side? So like. Writing an article that used to run in a magazine, but now it runs on a, on some website, you know, um, which is an experience that I've been having lately. It is less cool to me. Um, I would rather be able to still walk down the street in a city and like happen upon a newsstand and be able to point out to my wife like, oh, I have an article in there this week, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That's way cooler than saying, hey, navigate to worldmediagroup.org and you can see my... 800 word piece on i don't know whatever so <laughs> <laughs> how how has that changed things for you and i should ask yeah. something specific yeah you, yeah well you go first baby yeah i think it's yeah i mean obviously growing the thing is like i think the era that i grew up in it was it was the product it was the product that sort of like legitimized what it is that you were you know mm-hmm. doing and mm-hmm. it was it was kind of a sign that you had that you would have, you know, you had like accomplished something or you had, you know, um, so, you know, so the whole, the whole idea about whole idea about getting a a record deal, for example, was that Mm -hmm. at some point you would have a cassette, a CD and a vinyl out that would showcase the record you made. Right. So it wasn't, so everything kind of, so, and then, you know, writing a book, it's like, well, man, I can write 27 books, you know, and just have them be stacks of paper sitting around my house. Um, or a publisher can give me a deal. And then I have this book that's available for sale to be bought, to be enjoyed. It's like, there's something tangible and real about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think there's just not everything with the, uh, you know, with the advance of everything going online. And I think with, I think kind of the explosion of media in general. So in the past you had, a, there was only a few record companies and there was only mm-hmm. a few media outlets. There was far less opportunities to get published or, or to get your material out there. So it was a big deal if you could get your material out there, right? Like yeah. like the biggest thing was like somebody gave me a break and I feel like there are so many outlets and opportunities to be published and to get your material out there. And not even that, but you can you can kind of do it yourself, you know, whether hey, mm-hmm. look, I got a YouTube channel now or I have this or I have that. And what I've noticed about the younger generation is that they don't they don't have a category for what I just talked about. They they're not thinking, well, did that come out independently? Was that self-published or did it come out on an actual record label or, yeah. you know, even using words like actual, right. Or did that come yes. out on a real book publisher? It's like, they don't even know what that means. That, like that doesn't mean anything to them. Right. Dude, because that's, that's right. not the way, that's not the way that they receive media and product. Right. And so I think for us from an older generation, we just go, well, it's lost. It's lost. It's, it's sense of exclusivity um, and specialness for lack of a better word. No, hundred percent. And um. So it just feels less special. Like if somebody like, so for example, um, I, you know, we all write articles for online, you know, uh, media outlets. 
Um, but in the last couple of years, um, I did a couple of articles that came out in the print edition of like Christianity Today. And mm-hmm. dude, I mean, wh- I don't know. It just was more fun because yeah. they yeah. said they sent me a bunch of copies in the mail and they mm-hmm. said, hey, your article is, is on page, you know, 32. And it was mm-hmm. just it felt old school to me. It was like yeah. fun to be able to open the mag and mm-hmm. just see it there in print. It was just mm-hmm. more fun. It is know? more fun. Yeah. Pipe thoughts on that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with what Ronnie's saying in terms of the sort of the that idea of like real versus not real that we have in our mind, like real publisher, real record label kind of doesn't exist anymore, except except it does in other areas, which is interesting because, you know, you think about like my kids, they don't record labels, publishers don't mean anything to them. However, name brands do. Like yeah, yeah, clothing yeah. name brands, shoe name yeah, brands, very much uh, so. technology name brands, you know, like they're not going to buy a knockoff set of headphones. They want, they want beats or whatever. Like there's, there's a, they, <laughs> so those things do matter, not yeah. just not in this realm. And I, and I think, I mean, you know, intellectual property is different than, than, than hard goods in that way. But I think that, that, that could come back around to some degree. Just because at some point the, the, the pendulum swings to like, you've got to have some standard for what to trust. And, you know, in the same way that, you know, when I was 20 and broke, I did buy cheap clothes because it's what I could afford. And then once I made a little bit more money, I was like, you know what? It's probably worth it to spend more money on jeans and shoes because they last eight times. I'll spend three times as much money and they'll last eight times as long and they're more comfortable. So Mm -hmm. I I think that'll come back around to a degree. The thing that came to mind when we were talking about sort of the, the, how things have changed and what does it feel like? What stands out to me in the book world is the lifespan of a book. Mm. When, when, when the, you know, the primary selling channel was, was retail, you know, physical retail stores. Um, and and new book new books came out. Two things were true. One, there was a much more limited supply of books because you just you couldn't put a million books into the world when there was only space for a hundred thousand. Um, and in order to to sell them, they needed to have a decent run on the shelf. You know, yeah. they wouldn't give them a forty eight hour turnaround on those shelves. They'd get a month. You know, or two plus weeks on that front facing front of store kind of placement. And the publishers were working on that all the time. And, and, uh, and so, and if you could get a book onto like Barnes and Noble's face out end cap for religion, new releases, yeah, you, you were, it was going to move. Yeah. And yeah. so at this point though, like I wrote a book that came out in January that I periodically forget exists. Yeah. And we're nine months later, not even eight months later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and so that, that, that lifespan of books, the, the constant churn of newness is maybe cumulatively good in the sense of there's a lot of stuff being published that wouldn't have otherwise been published, yeah. but that could also be said on the bad side. There's a lot of stuff being published that wouldn't have otherwise been published. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, and so, and so that's, that's kind of where I feel the tension is like, if you put a book into the world, you should anticipate that nobody will care in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Which sucks. Like that is a crappy reality because of how how much work goes into books. I mean, probably more realistically, <laughs> nobody will care in two minutes. Like they'll you'll put a book into the world, they'll see your tweet about it, they'll regard it, and then they'll move on. <laughs> you know, and they they might buy the book. Like you're you're you really have like two minutes to get them to care about it enough 
to like drop it into an a- Amazon wish list or like pull the trigger right then and there or whatever. Um, it's really strange. I have something related to this that I want to talk about on the other side of our last break, which I'm taking right now. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, As you were talking, Pipe, about the book business, it reminded me of another thing that's kind of gone. It's not really gone, but it's gone in terms of like being a thing that people care about. And it's definitely gone in terms of being a way to promote a book. I miss radio. I miss Mm. people listening to the radio. So like it, it used to be... I don't know, if you had a 15-minute commute or whatever, you would flip on the radio, you would hope that you weren't in an ad break, you would hope that there was a song on that you like or some kind of like talk show that you cared about. And then in the book promoting cycle, it used to be you would have a book drop and then you would book, uh, like your publicist would book a bunch of radio appearances for you where the station would call you and you would, you know, they would ask you questions for like 20 or 30 minutes about your book. And then people would be like, hey, I caught you on the radio, you know, and and they were impressed. You know what I mean? So like radio, for whatever reason, was this big like status conferral engine where if somebody heard you on the radio, it was a really big deal. And it kind of went into this feeling of, oh, my gosh, you have a book out, you know, and having a book out was a was a cool thing back then it was like oh you got a book out you're doing some radio appearances you know people are kind of being impressed by that they're caring about it but yeah now it's like a book comes out you tweet out a picture of the cover and people don't care in two minutes uh i miss that i miss radio Uh, what okay quick question yeah quick uh quick sort of derailment regarding radio yeah what I think we've talked about this on the show before, but since we've been doing this forever, I forget. Yeah. What are what what are your sort of favorite versions of radio interview? And by favorite, I can mean like tongue in cheek favorite or like, oh, this is actually the best. Mm-hmm. So for example, my favorite is the uh like Christian morning show host who's <laughs> has probably never read a book. Yeah. And yeah. has been handed a the the fact sheet. Yeah by by his producer eight minutes before he went on air maybe while he's on air and he's like next up with this is (laughs) barnabas piper author of usually gets the subtitle wrong Uh and uh and then his first question is something like barnabas you wrote a book (laughs) yeah yeah is there is there a question in there so that what what are y'all's favorite versions of radio interaction of the makes you chuckle variety or like man i really appreciate it when they actually do this variety yeah i i would say the one that you just described is sort of standard you know that that's the standard and it and you feel for this person right they i don't know they graduated from Indiana Wesleyan in 1986 with a mass comm degree or whatever. And it's like, they, they dreamed of being on the radio and, and 
the best they could do was like, I don't know, WBCL in Fort Wayne or whatever. And, and, you know, and your job, if you're a Christian talk radio host is to interview other Christians about their mostly crappy books, <laughs> you know, like this, this is your lot in life. And, um, so yeah, there, there's definitely some compassion there, but, um, uh, I would say that standard every once in a while. And th- this was a cool one to me. And tell me if you've had this experience, you would get the person for whom all of that was true, i.e. they don't read, they're not interested in your book, but they would kind of acknowledge it and they'd find some aspect of you that they thought was interesting and just talk about that. So like, I have no interest in your book on the emergent church, but I see here that you wrote a book about Mike Tyson six years ago. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, great. I love talking about boxing, you know, and, and it would, it, it turned in, it turned from something transactional to something human. And that was always like my favorite type of thing, you know? Well, yeah. And for an interviewer, they have to be interested or the whole thing is lame anyway. So they, if, yeah. if they find anything that they're actually curious about, this is going to, this is going to be better for listeners. Whereas mm-hmm. if they're like, ah, oh, you wrote a book about complaining, Ronnie, mm-hmm. uh, tell us about that. Like, mm-hmm. Whereas if they're like, I see here you used to be Christian music and I used to work with this record label, tell you know, has yeah. nothing to do with the book, but also they're interested. So it's more lively at least. You can always detect that too. It's so funny because like, you know, not even the I just assume the people are just getting sort of the you know, the the one sheet that sort of describes the book and they haven't read it. So I, I don't I don't even I don't struggle with that. I just assume that. Mm-hmm. Um but I always I'm always um I'm always amazed at how like some of these hosts should be so much better at faking it than they are. Mm. And I'm like, dude, you do this like three times a day. Like, of course you haven't read the book. You've never read a book. Um, But like, there's a, to Pipe's point, there's a way to like present this thing with a level, like enthusiasm can cover a multitude of sins. Right. And it's like, dude, you, you gotta act like you're a little more interested than this. It doesn't matter that if you are or not, you haven't like it, like that has nothing to do with, with anything. You know, I mean, I'm not interested in the chicken soup I'm going to have for lunch, you know, this afternoon, but I'm still going to eat it. Right. And, you know, and I'm not going to take like seven hours to eat it. You know, so it's like, it's like, dude, just like come to the table a little bit with it, because I'll tell you what. So I used to drive a lot in Southern California and Mm -hmm. SoCal is, is because it's commuter culture. There are tons of like radio talk shows on all these different stations because they cater to that, you know, that culture. And so you could always find, I mean, there's just a thousand of them, right? You could find them. And um, one of the things is that, you know, one of the differences between that and maybe just like Christian radio in general or some of these other things that we're talking about is, is um, there is a level of, and maybe it's because they're allowed to have a little more freedom and allowed to be a little more off the cuff so they can be um, intuitive, they can be funny, they can be a little irreverent. But the one thing that they have, the one thing they all have is energy. And mm-hmm. I always feel like that's kind of the thing that might be missing. Like, dude, if you have energy, you can make anything kind of fly in some ways. I know there's, I'm not, don't go too far with that, but you know what I mean? Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's something that I think, I think that's the component on radio. Even and for the 90s dude, church growth our, movement said, amen. <laughs> and yeah. so here we are on, on our radio show. And it's like, you know, I mean, not, not every one of these episodes, we've probably had one or two episodes that haven't been great, you know, in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. But like, okay. dude, we can... Look at the things that we're having energy talking about right now. And I don't know yeah. if this is going to be interesting to anybody, but we have energy talking about it and yeah. it makes it compelling. Like energy brings, um, light, you know, brings life. 
Yeah, and, but they're... Uh, so I'm always just shocked about that. But no, that's good. But but I would add to that. In the case of this this show this morning, there's a genuineness about our energy. Whereas I think on a lot of Christian radio and like '90s Christian radio, it was like, you know, hi, my name, my name's Sarah Grace Jenny Dean, and I'm here to talk about, you know, and it's just like it 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 sounds like the the lady did like a mountain of cocaine off her desk before she got in <laughs> here, you know, and it's like. I know you're not that enthusiastic about this, you know, like uh, you can't be, you know, it, oh, would, be, yeah. it would be impossible. I, I mean, I think, I think all three of us have been around Christian radio stations a few times and you know, for a fact, that's not real. Like right. that, that on-air light goes off and they're like, all right, guys, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I whatever. There's right. just this, there's a, there's often a general sense of like, thank God that's over. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it's the, the other piece of that, resonating with what Ronnie said is that Christian radio particularly has leaned heavy into syrupy sincerity mm. rather than energy. Yeah. So yeah, you can't be off the cuff. You can't be funny. You right. have to be heartfelt. Tell yeah. us about your book. That's so like, true. That's, yeah. Energy, what, energy what, is nobody yeah. talks like that. Yeah. 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 Energy, a better word. I think you kind of hit it T. It's like energy a better word for energy is authenticity. Just sort of like, mm -hmm. hey, I care about what I'm saying right now. I'm super interested in what I'm saying right now, even if I'm not really saying anything right now. You yeah. know, but I'm like I but I'm but I'm into what I'm doing and I'm not mm -hmm. I don't and again, part of Christian radio is that there's like a level of like carefulness that yeah. they have to bring to the table. And and you know, I mean that's you know, that that's you're just not gonna find that same level yeah. um of of caution, you know, uh, for people that don't have to watch their every word. But yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Aspirationally and hypothetically, I don't know if I appeared on some radio show and the dude was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care about your book. And moreover, <laughs> it'd be the I, greatest interview of all time. It would be great. And moreover, I hate this job. I can't believe, <laughs> you know, I can't believe I'm doing this. I really don't want to be here. That would be like the most exceptional conversation of all time. I would immediately like... Love and respect. Oh, I'm here for that. I'm totally yeah. here for that. Yeah, that, I'm so man, here for it. That sounds like the premise of like a, a 1993 Bill Murray movie or something. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. the radio show host yeah. who's just decided to be honest. Yeah. In the third act, you find out he's actually been dead for four years. You know, that would be another 90s thing. But uh, yeah, no, that, I would watch that movie, you know. Absolutely. Um, and resonate with it. And resonate with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is that what we're trying to say right now? Are we are we using are we using code, fellas? <laughs> we've been we've been dead for four years. Yeah, we've been no, we've like, actually I, been dead for four years. It's an I, M. Night Shyamalan movie that we're living I've in. I've hated this podcast for wait, how many years have I been on it? Nine <laughs> years, guys. I've hated it for nine uh, years. That's right. You've just stayed in it for the money. You know, I stayed in it for the money. I got yeah. bills to pay. I have yeah, fans absolutely. to please. Oh, and that's how my life works, boys. I know. That's how my life works. That's how all, all of our lives work for another month, you know? And then we're going to. How can we endure through this month, boys, of four more weeks of podcasting? How can we're, we endure? Afterward, we're going to have to reimagine who we are, you know? We're going to have to do yeah. toner, total persona reboots. Um, that'll, be, that'll be fun. I mean, I what is, what is, baby, what does September 25th look like? For who you? am I even on September 25th? I don't you know, know who you are. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking right now. Yeah, I'm a leadership guy, I think. Em empty you know. shell of a man for a day, and then you're a leadership consultant. Yeah, where, where I'll be an empty shell of a man a... just in a, in a different way. Yeah. May 25th, or, or... we all have leadership podcasts launching. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, right. Ronnie, I would encourage you to go into more of like the Zen poetic route for at oh, least 100%. a little while. Yeah, 100%. you. I mean, I, I think you would really crush it in that arena. That I think goes, Ted, Ted and I are stuck with leadership because that's all we can do. Because, <laughs> you know, Zen poetry stuff goes, it just gets really big in the CBA, man. It's always yes. been just a huge market. Just a huge seller. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> move a ton of product doing that. Everybody loves it. Yeah, um, I mean, shoot, yeah. you know. Shoot. Oh what, what have we even been doing for the last shucks. 10 years? Shucks. Yeah. Shucks. Aw, shucks. <laughs> this old thing. This old book of Zen poetry, you know. <laughs> the, like the, nobody's the, ever been able to say, man, I just, I, so what the, happened was 10 years ago, I released this book. Christian Zen poetry, and it just went global. It just said went, no, yeah. Said no one ever. Uh, yes, exactly. It just went global. This book of poetry that, like, says absolutely nothing and will offend no one, but also inspire no one. It just went, it just sold like hotcakes, you know? You're like an um, ex-book uh, guy. What, um, say, okay, all joking aside right now. Yeah. What is, who who is responsible for, like, the largest selling like sort of poetic ish, but it wouldn't be like yeah. Anne Voskamp. Did like, did she, is she kind of the reigning? Oh, in the Christian space? No idea. Yeah, no In idea. the Christian space. Like, would that be considered like maybe, I, I know we're crossing lines here and some, oh, that's not poetry at all, but you know what I mean by that. But like, it, like the, yeah. the most flowery, like arty thing, would she, would she kind of, did she kind of do it with that one book she released? Was that Thousand uh, Gifts? Is that, was that? Yeah. Her? Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think that, Probably now again, it's not like proper poetry, you know, that that's studied in literature classes, but it is but very much in that there. sort of it's out there. Yeah, yeah, that that reflective poetic language. Um, the every moment holy books. Oh, um, that's true. Okay. Granted, those are yeah. those those lean a lot more sort of liturgical, but those those have been huge too, and they're those actually they're actually really good as opposed to some of the like they're because they, it. Because it's not somebody dabbling; it is somebody sort of reimagining liturgy in a lot of mm. ways, and and so, but but it has a very psalmic feel to it. But those have been the, that's probably the biggest one in terms of more like proper poetry. Dude, I've got one. Let me language. let me hold on. Let me yeah. oh, go ahead, T, and then I want to then then I want to clue you guys in onto something. So go ahead. Yeah, I think I've got one that I don't know if it counts, but I actually love it because I was about to do something where I just roast the whole idea of this. And if it was the last type of book on earth, I wouldn't get it. But, but then I was like, wait a minute, I'm a huge Valley of vision guy. Oh yeah. Um, I love Valley of vision. I, I read one almost every morning of my life. And I guess that counts as poetry. Um, you know, it's a certain kind of like prayerful poetry. It's also um, old school. It's considered a classic. Yeah, too, It's very guess, old but, school, considered yeah. a classic, been around forever. But what were you going to say, baby? Okay, so boys, I got really finishing book right now of of poetic abstract prayers that's going to come out like late next year, and I mean it's ab. So I do abstract things. Like if you ever read my lyrics, it's, it's always like abstract. Cause I like abstract. So it's it's trying to keep it within the realm of being understandable, but it's some of it's way, way out there. And I mean, it's going to sell like nine and a half copies, but I'm just saying yeah. like, I ha I'm doing this thing where I, there's, I wouldn't say I'm fearful because it just is what it is, but I'm trying to find a category for something like what I'm doing that's ever gotten out there. Number one, every moment holy is probably close pipe, 
but definitely more abstract than every moment holy, right? Because you can make sense of every moment holy. This thing, you got to really think about some of these lines that I'm putting out there. And let me just say this, boys. It, I, it, I have no idea how it's going to fly. No I, mean, I thought Rob Bell was pretty abstract. <laughs> right. Is, yeah, this like Vel- that- is, this like, is this like Ronnie does Velvet Elvis? Here's what Rob Bell did in a brilliant way. Well, it's, pr- it's prayers. These are actual prayers. But, oh, yeah. it's actually about Jesus. Got it. Okay. Rob Bell <laughs> made like derpy, uncool, Midwestern Christian people who are kind of ready to rebel. And, and, and people who wanted to feel like they were deep people. He made them feel like they were. I mean, at the end of the day, that to me is the thing that Rob Bell did better than any other thing. Well, I never and, read Velvet Elvis. Did you guys? Yeah, they were trash. Like, you know, just, you know. Just, it wasn't my thing at the time. I yeah. mean, what is it? I don't even know what it is. It's basically this stream of consciousness, like faux deep meditation on... Uh, I don't know some aspect of spirituality or whatever, and it's, but it's a and book, it's, right? It's not like yeah, it's a, a book. No, it's book. a book. Yeah, it's a book. Okay. It has chapters or whatever, I guess. But like, yeah, it 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 was essentially an exercise in if you were the consumer of that type of product, the reason you would buy it would be to feel like you're a certain kind of smart, deep person, and and yeah. to feel like this energy, okay, like. I'm a Christian, but not like that guy. I'm a yeah. Christian, but not like that lame khaki wearing guy who just like reads through the Bible in a year or whatever. Like <laughs> I'm the deep one. Like I'm the interesting one. And if, and if you're, I mean, if your book of, you know, Yoda tweets can kind of capture that energy and make people feel that way about themselves, then I think you have a chance of selling it. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But what I love no. even more is Ted no. Kluck's review of Velvet Elvis. It has chapters, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it some of the chapters were literally stuff. like one page and eight words. It'd be like chapter uh, yeah, 27, are you sure? Chapter yeah. 28, picture <laughs> of whatever. Like it it was it was a Dude, I love it. It really was a weird book in that way. It also Rob Bell in 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 the realm of what Ted was saying, he he, he I don't know if he created the paradigm because I'm sure it's been around for forever. He marketed, successfully packaged the paradigm of sounding really deep by saying absolutely nothing. Basically right. just posing <laughs> questions. If you pose enough questions like, well, have you considered this? And right. never answering any of them, yeah. you sound brilliant. Oh, and man. so it, it had a lot of that. And like, well, what if Jesus was really this? And I'm like, ah. That, that one was tried in Genesis 3. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we Dude, and that there. energy was like crack cocaine for a certain kind of oh, yes. uncool late 90s, early 2000s, like, well, I don't know, and, college and ministry any, guy or whatever. Anybody yeah. who had grown up in the Reformed world, which, I mean, dude came out of Grand Rapids. It's Dutch right. Reformed, like, cloistered yeah. up there. And uh, anybody who'd grown up and where there, there's like five tidy answers and a neat theological system for anything, he just... Mm. He pumped energy into all the discomfort that young people had with this sort of um, suffocating theological system as they felt. I mean, I I felt the draw. And then I looked at what he was saying and I'm like, there's nothing here. He's not saying anything. But the the draw away from that sort of like crushing everything is rigid system was was real. 
Yeah. Was he uh, originally a? Uh, was he originally like a reformed leaning guy? Bell was he? I mean, he. I, I, I think so. I, I think so. Uh, I mean, he grew up in the to Pipe's point, the breadbasket of it in West Michigan, um, where like, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't remember the names of all the denominations, but you were you were probably going to some kind of church like that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's Christian yeah. Reformed Church, Reformed yeah. Church of America. I mean, it's just it's Dutch Reformed everywhere. It's just all different yeah. versions of Reformed. And in his and- defense. That is a particularly off-putting and stifling culture. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've experienced just enough of it to know that, like, yeah, I mean, that's not a fun sort of place to grow up or live. Or You're saying kind of, he would have had his own challenge, like he would have had his own respective challenges in that. Yeah, I think so. You know, and, yeah. and I think his brand of, like, you know, I'm pacing around on stage in a I don't know, like a ween t-shirt, like pontificating about, <laughs> you know, like whatever it is that I'm pontificating about. I mean, that, that, it would have been like crack for a certain kind of kit. And uh, it I just, it was right place, right time. Right place, right time. 100%. Cultural moment. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Totally. Um, boys, this was right place, right time for this episode. This is a good Dude, one. Yeah. I did not anticipate too. ending up at Rob Bell. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it, all roads lead to, <laughs> Rob all, all roads lead the to Rob Bell. The podcast ends where it began. Just like in Rob's Rob theology, all, all roads lead to salvation, you know. Um, and until next time, love wins. <laughs> love wins. What a great brand. That guy was a branding genius. He um, really did a nice job with it. But, um, hey, one one last thing, I swear, and then I'm going to close the show. How long, and I'm I'm kind of shocked that this hasn't happened. How long until Rob pivots into like leadership marketing books? Because being a marketing, I, I don't, not that I know of, but like being a either. marketing guy is the only card left to play for him. Cause he's kind of tried to be mystic guy. He tried to be like, I'm an interesting non-Christian with a talk show kind of guy that failed. Like I, the, the only club left in the bag for him to play is, is leadership marketing guy. Right. Or am I not seeing something? Well, I don't know what he's doing now. Is he still on Oprah's network? Like, I haven't heard his name in so long. Like, I don't even know where the dude's at. What, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I mean, I think he's just basically being a non-Christian in Los Angeles. I, I don't know. Like, um, but it, but it, I would have expected like a marketing book by now. Um, yeah, kind of one of those things, right? Yeah, yeah. and that makes yeah. sense. I know it's may, it's odd that it hasn't. Maybe it's just been in the works. Yeah, like I bet he's doing some real estate investing. I bet he. And that, that book is coming. That book is absolutely coming. And I just want credit for having called it, you know? <laughs> That's well, if it all comes out before the pod's over, then we'll, we'll be able to give you credit on the air, Big T. I appreciate so. it, baby. Yeah, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for caring for me in that way. Um, and yeah, audience, I'm, I'm we want to... I'm looking no, online, and the last update about him is from 2020 in terms of releases and different things. And so I... Yeah, he seems to have just sort of faded into the background, which might mean he's scheming a great comeback as oh, as marketing believe genius. You I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Believe marketing me, you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, it's coming, boys. The end of this podcast is coming. The end of this episode is coming. Uh, we have done what we always do on this program, except that we've done it better and longer. And until next time.
We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.